Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, good morning, House family. It's so good to be with you this morning. And we've got a great panel discussion in store for you. And so uh, we, I just invited some of my friends. Uh, some of you may know them. Those who don't, I'm going to have them introduce themselves here in a second. And these uh, all represent some of our life group leadership hub and administrator team. We have a larger group than this, but I've invited a few of them to come and kind of wrap up this invite series that we have been talking about this last four weeks. So this invite series has been so motivational. I have seen y'all sharing things on social media. I've seen that the life being birthed from this vision to invite those around us. And so I just feel like uh, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Devin and Stephen Hill have done a great job on this series. Will y'all give them uh, just some applause? Just as... You know, it doesn't, it just is not um, easy to prepare a message and to speak in front of people. And now we have some really gifted people that make it look easy. But uh, we always want to be grateful and appreciative to those whom go before us and do the prayer and do the warring and do the preparation to uh, give us really the vision that God has for us here. And so um, I do want to always honor them. And um, I just want to introduce you right now to the panel. So Shelby, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody your name and uh, just a little bit about you. Well, my name is Shelby, and my husband's name is Nick, and we have four kiddos. Uh, my husband and I get to coach the family hub, uh, which we absolutely love, and we have been here for about six years at the house. Awesome. And I'm Jeff Hazel. Uh, my wife Hannah and I have been serving here for about seven years. We coach the Relate Hub for life groups, and we also are involved with the finance team and do different uh, forms of communication, either framework or you've seen us do announcements, so that's us. Hi, I'm Christy. My husband's name is Luke. We have four kids, and we have been here at the house for about five years. Um, we are the Growth Hub coaches, and I am also the Life Group Administrator. Awesome. My name is Mitch Holland. Um, I'm a recent grad of University of Arkansas. I serve on staff here um, as the Connections Director. Um, I'm a Life Group Coordinator for the Growth Hub. Um, I'm a worship leader here at the house, and I also serve on Be The One staff as an administrator. Um, and then the big one is I have been recently engaged. So. And we love Gabby. She's pretty awesome. And so, um, you know what, if you're, uh, if this is your first time to join us, just a little bit about us, you may have heard their span of being here and what, like what we're doing. And, uh, we have been a church for seven years. And so we are seven years old. And so if you're wondering, huh, that's five years, six years, four years, <laughs> doesn't seem very long in some span of, uh, you know, our lives, but really for a church of seven years, uh, they've been plugged in for a good season of that and so I uh, just I'm so grateful for each of them for carrying the vision uh, each of them started uh, I you know I kind of look at it as everybody's a seed and they have grown and allowed the Lord to shape their lives and grow them and bring leadership on a mantle of leadership on them and then they've carried that vision so well and we are really grateful for them and um, they that's why I invited them is because I believe that their heart is um, connected to our heart and as they communicate, I feel like you're going to get a little bit more about who we are as a church, uh, not just from 
the people that work here, although Shelby and Mitch and Christy have some occupation here in some form or fashion, uh, but I do think that their heart is going to encourage you uh, because I think it's important for us to never forget the personal stories that the Word of God impacts. And so, yes, we've been learning about what the Word of God says about invitation and about how we're, He called us to follow Him and how He invited us to His table and how he, we don't want to miss opportunities. We want to be salt and light. But now let's talk about the personal application of this and how it works in people's lives. And so I do want to um, talk a little bit about Palm Sunday. I uh, talked a little bit about that during worship, uh, but I do want to read the scripture representing that moment in John 12, 12 through 19. It says, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. Just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So here's his disciples, the people who have been following him closest, his time on this earth serving and ministering, and they didn't even understand what was going on until after he had died and rose again. And then they were like, oh, that was fulfilling prophecy. That confirmed that he truly was the Messiah. And so I think it's exciting to read and have a little bit of depth and understand kind of even when you may be a follower of Christ and it takes a while to get a revelation. And you're like, man, why didn't I get that in that moment? But you get it later. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you or shows you. Don't worry, the disciples were the same way. They're like, they went through the whole experience and didn't even realize that something really big was happening in that moment. Uh, and so let's look at verse 17. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. Now, the NIV actually uses uh, the word spread the word. They continued to spread the word. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. And so they had experienced Jesus ministering to his friend Lazarus. He had been dead three days and three nights in the tomb. Jesus has ha had had moments where he rose people from the dead through his ministry, but this moment was even more significant because this man had been buried for three days and three nights. And so this miracle was unprecedented. It was a sign and wonder beyond all the other signs and wonders that he had performed. And so then people start spreading the word, spreading the word, spreading the word, and that's why the crowd was gathered. That's why they were waving palm branches. That's why they were there, okay? It was because the word had spread that Lazarus had went gone from death to life. And so he had received the ultimate miracle. And so then in verse 19, it says, so the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you're gaining nothing? Look, the world has gone after him. So basically they're like, man, there's nothing we can do to stop it. Like it's contagious. It's everywhere. Everybody's following him. Everybody's believing. What are we going to do? Like they were hopeless. Their whole job, the Pharisees' job, was trying to discredit Jesus, trying to stop his work, trying to get people to not believe that he was the Messiah. And they're like, all of a sudden, they see all these crowds and they see all these palm branches and they see all these people praising him. And they're like, 
what are we going to do? <laughs> like, it's over. It's, he's already caught everybody. And so the, the, what they did not know was all those people would turn against him again. Uh, but that's okay because Jesus died for them and his power was able to save them regardless of what kind of rejection they put towards him. And so um, I think that it's important for us to also remember how amazing the miracle that we received when we came into a relationship with Christ. The miracle was we were dead in our sins and now we are alive. Our spiritual life has been awakened and there was no way that that could have happened apart from Jesus. And so that is what we have to spread the word. Like if someone comes from death to life, we need to go be telling everybody about it. Well, guess what? You have come from death to life and you have something to tell everybody about and you know what I know that as we walk in our Christian life it can get easy to pray for something and to be focused on what our immediate prayer need is or be focused on the miracle that we need right now in our lives and I'm for praying for miracles I'm for praying for healing praying for deliverance, praying for financial miracles. Like, I believe that he's a miracle-working God today. Okay, so, but the thing is, is sometimes our prayers are delayed. I mean, our, the answers don't come the way that we had expected. And we're in the situation where we're focused on our waiting, or we're focused on the answer that we really weren't expecting. And we've left the miracle that he gave us when we went from death to life. We, we've lessened the power because we're like, well, that was great. Thanks for saving me. Thanks for giving me a seat at the table. But now that I have a seat, I'd really like another miracle. And that's not wrong. I believe we continue to pray. We continue to ask God to do miracles because we want to testify of his goodness. Okay, because he loves us. We know he loves us. But... We can't ever forget the greatest miracle we've ever received was when he gave us the amazing gift of eternal life where we, are, we were dead in our sins and he rose us and now we have life and life more abundantly. And so that's one of the reasons why we have to talk about spreading the word. We have to talk about invitation in our daily life. Now, right now we're talking about it around Easter. The reason why is because Easter is a holiday that at least still in Northwest Arkansas, in the Mid-South, Midwest, it's still sometime in the calendar year where people are more receptive to invitation. They are more receptive for someone to say, hey, come to church with me on Easter or bring your kids with me to the Easter outreach. We're going to have an egg hunt. People are receptive to that. But this doesn't mean that I, we're just saying, hey, go invite someone for Easter and then turn off the invite switch. Okay, the thing is, is I wouldn't tell you that about reading your Bible. I wouldn't tell you about that about praying or about coming to church regularly. Right. This is a lifestyle. And this lifestyle is powerful. And so because I've been raised from death to life, I've got to go spread the word. You've got to go spread the word. And it is powerful when we do that. And so Colossians 3, 1 through 2 actually talks about when Paul talked to the Colossians. Here the church has received death from life. They're saved. And they're like, man, I'm glad I have a seat at the table. 
This is great. Now I can relax. Now I can be comfortable. My eternity is set and I'm good. It's like when you invite your family to dinner and they're all around the table and you've made this food and they're all looking down at their phone and they're zoning out and this amazing food is all around us and they're like this. And so what do we do as parents? We say, hey, everybody, we're going to put our phones aside. And I'm guilty of it, too, because I have been, you know, a lot of my work is on my phone. I'm guilty of being looking down as well. So we have to put our phones aside so that we can connect at the dinner table and so we can partake of the food and the drink that is supposed to nourish us, okay? In Jewish times, the father was the one who gathered everybody around the table and taught and directed his family at the dinner table. And so here we are as Christians. We're glad we have a seat at the table. We're zoning out. We're comfortable. We're on our phones, kind of spiritually. And here Paul is saying, Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, strive for the things above. Look up where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Get off your phone. Don't zone out. Don't be just glad you got a seat. Pull up another seat and say, hey, this one's for you. Like, let me tell you how he brought me from death to life. And there was no way that I could have done that on my own. And there was nothing in this world that could give me that miracle like he did. And so now there's more chairs at the table. Come on, join me and come partake of the, the bread of life and the living water. The bread of life is him, Jesus, who satisfies. And the living water is the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent that causes us to overflow. And so we are to spread the word about this table and that there's a seat for everyone we see and know and meet. Okay, so honestly, we look at that example and we think we don't want to look at our phones in our spiritual walk. We don't want to zone out, especially if the Father God is about to give me teaching and direction. He's about to tell me the assignment on my life. He's about to teach me all the unsearchable things that I've always wondered. That doesn't mean he's going to answer every question we've ever had, but he's going to lead us down a good path and show us more and more of who he is. And it's exciting. So we want to look up and we want to live differently. And so in Colossians 1.3, it actually says, For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So this is the scripture right after he's like, hey, everybody, look up. Don't, don't be living for the things that don't matter and don't last. Care about the things that last, that are eternal. And so I just want to talk a little bit about what our new life means practically. Our new life does not aspire to stay comfortable, but to grow. Our new life doesn't seek to be seen, but to see others. Our new life doesn't walk into a room asking, do I fit in? It walks into that room saying, who can I find to say you belong? My new life doesn't focus on that which doesn't last. It doesn't get into the pettiness that Pastor Stephen talked about in Missed Opportunities, the second part of this series. It says that pettiness is not going to be eternal, but what Christ has done in my life is worth talking about is worth caring about and is worth doing things differently because of. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to think, Lord, give me the opportunities that matter. Help my life matter. Help, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me your love 
for people so that I can spread the word of what you've done in my life. And so this is something we do the first, we can start doing the first day we get saved or the 20th day we get saved or that we have been saved. We continue to do this as a lifestyle. Okay, so basically we, our new life doesn't allow us to stay comfortable at the table. Our new life says, hey, there's a seat, come on. It doesn't allow our biases or our insecurities or the hindrances that come up in our everyday life of busyness. Our new life says those things are not eternal. I'm gonna overcome those things to say, hey, I know where the seat is. It's, it's actually waiting for you. It actually has your name on it. Come take the seat at the table. And so I know that these uh, people have had each individual stories of how invitation has impacted their life. And so the first person I wanna just kinda delve into their story is Mitch is gonna share with us how invitation has impacted his life and, and throughout his story. Yes, absolutely. So um, I have been a part of the house for seven years. I actually had the pleasure of being um, at our launch service. Um, and man, it was awesome. It's just awesome to see our growth. Um, but my story actually began um, from a seemingly insignificant invitation to come to the house. So um, if you can picture it, I was a college freshman in 2015. Come on. I had long, I had long hair. If you have a picture of it, do not pull that up. It's not fair. Um, and before that, I was actually a camper at um, Brook Hill Ranch, and that is where um, Steven and Katie were actually the camp directors. Um, and I had made a friend who was really, really close with Steven and Katie um, through the years. And so um, we had decided, like, we were going to go through college together, and, like, we were going to experience our um, first year of, you know, going into freshman year, waking up on time, like getting ready to go to class. Like we were partners in this. And so one day he came to my dorm room and he was like, Hey, do you remember Steven and Katie? And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, I totally did. Um, and he was like, okay, well they are actually starting a church and they're having a service tonight. Um, I would love it if you wanted to come with me. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, Okay. And so we drove from Fayetteville, the very long distance from Fayetteville to Rogers. Um, and we, listen, it's 30 minutes. Um, and so we drove and we pull up to an apartment building. And I was like, this is not a church. And he was like, it's going to be okay. Um, and it was actually a vision meeting about like the house and what is the house going to be. And so I remember walking in and being greeted and um, having a lot of friends who were like, okay, like, well, not friends yet, but people who were there and became some of my best friends. And we had walked through like vision, Stephen and Katie sat up there and they had two banners that said the house on it. And they were like, we're going to have a church that loves people. And we're going to have a church where you can meet the father and accept forgiveness and live free and uh, fuel your purpose. And I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> um, and I was really excited about it. And so the funny thing is, is that my friend who came with, he was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't really care to do that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to build a church. And I was like, I do. And so we walked through this season of like, I had started to come up and I had started to um, help with the launch service. And I'd been a part um, for so many years. And so through the years, like my planning center invites that I accepted. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, planning center invites <laughs> turned into me sending out planning center invites. Um, That's awesome. Tons of leader, leadership and the ability to just be a part. And then I found myself on staff um, after being faithful with what was given to me. And the funny thing is, though, is that my life was changed through somebody deciding to be obedient. Wow. Yeah. To just inviting me, to just so allowing good. me to come. And the funny thing is, is that he had no idea what that would produce. He had no idea that this is where I would be, that I would be on a stage being able wow. to tell you this story. Yeah. He had no part of the house, but through him inviting me, then be, uh, gave me the opportunity to fuel my purpose so and to good. walk in everything that God has. Yes, absolutely. And aren't we so glad that he invited Mitch? And. Uh, <laughs> To know him is to love him. So if you don't know him yet, he wants you on his team at first experience. <laughs> okay, so Christy, why don't you share your story and your impact of like how invitation has changed your trajectory? Yeah, you stole my word. <laughs> um, so there have been many, you know, invitations that have changed the course mm -hmm. of my life. Um, I would not be sitting here if it wasn't for invitation. Um, especially in the past, you know, six years. So we've been here for five, but I made a really good friend about six years ago. And while that in that season, she kept texting me about once a month and saying, hey, you should come visit. And it just wasn't our season yet. And when it came time that we were looking for a church home, she had texted me so many times that I'm pretty <laughs> sure if I didn't say yes, she was going to hunt me down and make me come. <laughs> but... She would invite me to these small little events, and I was like, no, we just want to visit a church service. So we came one Sunday, and it felt like coming home. Right. We walked in, and we've never left. And it just so happened to be Life Group Sign Up Sunday. <laughs> so we signed up for five. <laughs> we were overachievers. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and while I had known Jesus, and I know of God's goodness, most of my adult life, I was bound by chains of depression, wow. anxiety, and I was not walking in the freedom that he had given me. Wow. I was not even able to go to the grocery store without feeling panicked. So what class did we sign up for? Freedom. <laughs> and it was the best decision we yeah. could have made. That's awesome. We started walking through that class, and I was able to see Jesus in a new way. Mm -hmm. Jesus has never changed. Yeah. God's word has never changed, but the tools and the equipping that I have now been able to receive awesome. has changed me. So good. Um, it was something I didn't have before, but it all started with that initial invitation over the course of a year. And it wasn't, you know, obnoxious, but it was out of love. That's awesome. Her seeing something that awesome. she had, and it was really pivotal. Yeah. That's for awesome. Us. Awesome. I, and I definitely think that uh, what's cool about Christy's story is that now she actually heads up administration for all life groups. And she now is instrumental in making sure that everyone, if they want a place here, they can have one. And so we are so, so blessed to have her. Uh, now, Shelby, what is your part of your story? I know that invitation uh, marks everybody in different ways. And not only do we have to receive an invitation, but we have to start seeing the value of giving that invitation. So show, tell me a little bit about how you have seen giving the invitation as something that's powerful in your own life. 
Absolutely. So I grew up in church. I started in the nursery and uh, stayed in the same church uh, until I graduated high school and moved away. Um, So obviously the church is huge (laughs) in my story. Um, But I'm thinking about a time when my husband and I had just gotten married and we did life uh, just with some family members. Um, They were kind of in our same season and um, we invited them to church occasionally, but it wasn't anything intense. You know, it wasn't like we got together every night and we're like, oh my gosh, like we have to get them to church. Like it wasn't a plan where we were like, we have to do this. Um, It was just authentic of like, okay, you know, we'd love for y'all to come. And, you know, I grew up in public school and so I was really used to inviting people who did not come. So it was not a big deal that they didn't come a bunch. Um, And so, (laughs) because it's not a reflection on me, it's a reflection on where they're at in their walk with the Lord. And so it's okay. Yeah. Um, If one little invite builds and builds and builds. Yeah. And so um, we kept inviting them kind of randomly and um, eventually they came and um, they met the father and it changed their life. And just watching even just over a few weeks, like um, the husband and the wife get saved and like their whole family got baptized within about a year and just thinking about their life now and seeing them walk with the Lord and how it would have been so different if they didn't meet the father Mm -hmm. is incredible. Um, And even thinking about, you know, I know she came to me after they did uh, meet the Lord and was just like, did you know this is in the Bible? And I'm like, I did (laughs) actually. But it's funny because you can't like, you can't explain God to people. They have to meet him. It's so good. And so to so see true. her be like this clicked in my head yeah. was so refreshing for so me. So cool. Um, and just to watch it transform her life um, was incredible. And she even came back and was like, you know, I'm so grateful that y'all invited us. I'm so grateful that you carried the, you know, peace of Jesus and the joy of Jesus. And I was like thinking, you know, there was a lot of times I didn't carry the peace of Jesus. Like, it's not like I put my Jesus hat on and was like, we're going to go minister every time we hung out with them. Like we were just authentic and we did life. And so, um, it's such a good reminder of like, people are watching you and the Jesus inside of you is attractive It's true because they need him. And so so just to remember that they may not come at the first invitation, but you being authentic Mm -hmm. and you carrying the freedom that he's given you is so powerful um, because ultimately it did change their life. And, you know, the word talks about that the father is the one who draws us to Jesus. So it was never on Nick and I to like get them saved, but we were responsible to invite them. Yeah. Because if they didn't have an invitation, they may have never come, but he's the one that produced the transformation in their life. So good. Yes. And I mean, I think that this, these kind of stories are important for us because, you know, it can easily become, especially if you're new to the faith and the house is your first experience in your spiritual journey. I just, just want you to know that this is not just something the house does like go advertise the house all over where you can that's not the point the point is is that whether we're in this church or another church or wherever we are we're Christians and as Christians we take the responsibility to spread the word and one of the best ways we can do we can spread the word is inviting people to church because we know that when they walk into the doors of the church they have the opportunity to learn about the table and to come and be at the table. That doesn't omit the opportunities we have to share our personal stories one-on-one with people in the world. We still want to do that. But I love her story because that was in a different city in a different season of her life. But we're still doing that every day. Our hope is that every church in Northwest Arkansas would be full. 
Every church, you know, we want people to know the Father, and this is an an avenue we can use to bring them in to know, to tell them they have a seat at the table. And so, Jeff, I just want you to share a little bit about how invitation impacts our lives. Yes, in salvation. Yes, coming to church, but also throughout our Christian walk as we invite people deeper. Yeah, absolutely. So when my wife and I came, or before we came to the house, we were in a season of transition. So I had started a new job in Rogers, and we moved up from Fayetteville so that I could be closer to my job. Simultaneously, all of our closest friends had moved out of state. So here we were in a new city. Uh, basically, yes, this is the sad part where I'm telling you we didn't have any friends. And we, we realized we needed friends. We realized friends are a good thing. And we had grown up in church, and so we knew that a great way to do that is to seek out a church community. So we went to Google. We started searching for churches that would catch our eye. And yeah, maybe some of you can relate, but we made a list of places we wanted to try. Uh, the house was the second place that we came, and we didn't try any more. Uh, so basically, where my story differs is we came to the house without a personal invitation. So I'll be honest, I had this moment this week after I had said yes to being on this invite panel. Like, wait a minute, nobody invited me. <laughs> like, what am I going to talk about? Um, but I had this realization of that I was invited to stay. Yeah. And the importance of that. So we yeah. walked in, and we were that first day just invited by the people we were welcomed in, and we were invited to join a life group. We were invited to dinner uh, by another couple that were um, come seven years later, some of our best friends still. So some of you know them, uh, Adam and Courtney Clousing. Uh, we sent them to Belize uh, through uh, Be the One for full-time ministry. But if it weren't for their invitation essentially to stay and be plugged That's in, awesome. we may never have seen um, just the increase we've had in our marriage and in our parenting and our ministry throughout this time. So good. And so that's really kind of my takeaway, right, is that it's not just the invitation to come. Because I've been discouraged. I have invited a lot of people to come to the house. They have never come. <laughs> and some that have come once and didn't stay. Yeah. But that invitation to stay is so important. It's so, so I wanted good. to just encourage yes. on that. So good. And I do think that uh, it's important to remember that this is a culture of our whole Christian life. You know, the last thing we would want anybody to come and do is to come into the doors but not feel like they were invited to stay. The last thing we would want is to have all these life groups but nobody invite them into life group or have all these opportunities to serve and use your giftings but never invite them into gift, uh, bringing their gifts to the church and using them to see God uh, minister to others. And so I think that it's important for us we're not we're inviting all the time. It's a lifestyle. And so our first question uh, to Shelby is how does our perspective have to shift if we are going to invite others to the table. Absolutely. And I think the short answer for that is we have to move from being a consumer to a producer. Yes. And it's okay that you're a consumer in the beginning. I mean, like we talked about, we're all looking for Jesus. And so that's not bad. Um, we just can't stay there forever. Um, and so I think there's a few different times in my life I can think about when my perspective had to shift. Um, I remember... I'd been at the house for probably eight weeks or so, so like long enough to not be a first-time guest anymore, but long enough, not long enough to feel like, oh, I'm on the team. Um, and so I remember standing in the lobby looking around and being like, so nobody's talking to me. All right, maybe somebody's on their way. Okay, <laughs> nobody's talking to me. This is awkward. What do I do? And I feel like the Lord literally was like, 
go talk to someone. Like, yeah. it's not hard. You're not a first-time guest. You're on the team. You're part of the family. Go invite someone else good. in. And so because while it was maybe my so eighth good. week, it was somebody else's first week. And so um, I think that's a huge shift. Obviously, now in the lobby, like, I'm not looking for my bestie. I'm looking for the person who's like, nobody's talking to me. What right. do I do? Because I've been there. And somebody invited me in to stay and taught me the life-giving culture. So now I can take that to the person, just so like Jeff good. was talking about. So um, in life groups, you know, obviously, when you start attending a life group, it's a big deal. The first time I attended a life group, I was like, I'm going to make myself go, no matter how many excuses I come up with <laughs> the day before. Um, and so that is a spiritual threshold to go and be consistent and like attend life groups. So that's not small. That's exciting. It's true. But we don't stay there forever. We're not always going to go to life group and be like, all right, leader, what do you have for me today? Right. Like eventually we want you to be a helper. We want you to be a co-leader and yeah. a leader. And you're now praying for the person who's coming up with a hundred excuses not to go. Yeah. Because somebody brought the life-giving culture to the life group that you drug yourself so to. Good. And so you know, you're going to bring that life-giving culture to the person in that season. So good. Um, and so obviously even in public. You know, I'm not the person who's going to go chat it up with a stranger most of the time. Um, but there were a few times that I felt like the Lord was like, you need to be friendly and talk to that person. Um, <laughs> and so I'm thinking of a specific story. I was at the doctor's office. I just had my daughter and there was a lady next to me who had just had her child. And so we were chatting a little bit and I was like, hey, you should come to my life group. Like, it's just a bunch of moms. We have fun. And um, she didn't come and that was okay. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm used to that thing. Um, and so, uh, but I found her on Facebook and I would just kind of send her some stuff every once in a while. And she never came, but that was okay. Um, three years later, I go walk in a table talk and she's there. And I'm like, I didn't even invite you to this. How'd you get here? <laughs> and so she had met another member of our church who had invited her and she was just wrecked at that event because she saw that God had been pursuing her, not so me, cool. not this other church member, but God had been pursuing yeah. her for years. Um, and so she got a lot of ministry um, in that moment. And so, so cool. I think the shift is it's not about me anymore. Yeah. Um, it's about, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And so the point I want to make is invitation aligns our perspective with God's perspective. So good. It's so true. Totally does. It gives you a different perspective and we all need that. We all have to realign our perspective. And so the next question is, the next uh, three, I'll, we'll go through a little quicker, uh, but uh, what have you identified as hurdles to invite and how do you overcome, Christy? Yeah, I think most everyone struggles with three specifically, insecurity, rejection, and then the feeling of underqualification. True. Um, you know, who am I? And then who am I to do this? Am I even worthy of this. I'm a mess. Guess what? We're all a mess. It's okay. Yeah. Um, no one wants to be rejected. No one wants to be told no. And then still having to face that person and have a relationship with them. But when we align our hearts with the fathers, we get to see people through his eyes and that makes all the difference. True. That's how we get to overcome those feelings of rejection and insecurity. Yeah. We see throughout scripture, people are being called out. Jesus calls out the disciples. He says, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Stephen Hill spoke about this last week. And, you know, the disciples weren't temple scholars. They were average men doing average jobs. So Jesus called them because they were willing. Yeah. Um, they were willing. They were available. So even if it's awkward or uncomfortable or inconvenient, we have to be willing. Yeah. Um, 
that might mean that family member that you know does not know Jesus. It means being willing to invite them, knowing you're still going to be sitting across the table from them yeah. at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yeah, true. And it's okay. Um, they're not a checkbox. People aren't a to-do right. list just to be checked off as much as I personally love a good Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> um, it's seeing their hearts That's right. and knowing that you have the freedom that Jesus has given and that they need it too. Yeah. So we have to be intentional and push through our own mm-hmm. insecurities to see them and fill up through scripture. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, go and make disciples. That's right. If you're not going, you're staying. We were commanded to go. Good. So we can't just stay where we are. Um, We have to pray for our own hearts to remain soft because being rejected can make you Mm hard-hearted. So we have to stay soft towards people. Mm -hmm. We have to pray for the ones that God places in our path. So none of this happens naturally. Like if you hear me, it's all very, I don't want to say repetitious, but it is a little bit. It is a discipline because it doesn't happen naturally. So good. You have to make it a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So invitation is a spiritual discipline you have to train yourself to do. It's so good. And you know what? I think that that word may be uh, something that we shy away from in our culture, but discipline causes us to be stronger. And if you want to be stronger in your Christian faith, then I would encourage you to practice spiritual disciplines and become stronger. And invitation is one of those things that the more we practice, the stronger we get and the more fruit we see Born. And so that is so important. So Mitch, in what way does invitation play a role in our spiritual health? Right. So all of our spiritual journeys begin with an invitation. Like you can have that moment where you go back to that camp or that pastor, or that person who created an invitation to be like, do you want to be saved? And you raised your hand and you prayed the prayer and whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, but then after that, we were also have a calling and calling is being invited into partnership with the Good. Lord. So God is inviting us to come and be with him in the plan that he has for us. And so um, as a member of this church for a while now, um, like uh, they said, it's a discipline, but it also fuels a purpose. It does. Um, Even calling out to your purpose. So in the Bible, we are commanded. It's not really a suggestion. It's a command. In 1 Peter 4, 9 through 10, it says, Show hospitality to one another without Mm -hmm. grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. One of the things I love that Pastor Stephen says all the time and Pastor Katie says all the time is that we are blessed to be a blessing. And so the blessing of being here and the blessing of knowing the Lord is something that we share. Mm -hmm. So just like in my story, it was an invitation that changed my life. It set my focus. It pushed me into a whole different um, avenue and season of my life. And I was unaware of the entanglement that I was in. So somebody had to invite me to go through a spiritual purpose and a spiritual journey and through a process of, okay, let's get some things out, like dig things out. There's freedom to be had. And so as I moved into that, I learned that just because I became free did not mean that I was just to celebrate freedom. Like I was supposed to produce freedom in somebody else. So good. And so just like invitation changed my life and, um, did all of those things. Like I want to produce that in people because I'm not only interested in feeling my purpose, but missionally I'm invested in helping other people feel their purpose. And so that always begins with an invitation. It always begins with, Hey, would you come to church with me? Hey, would you join my life group? Hey, would you be a part of all the things that I'm a part of? And I'll be honest, I've been at the house for seven years and sometimes it's really easy to just be like, ah, the new people will do that. (laughs) 
because they're excited. <laughs> and so because of that excitement, it's kind of like, oh, well, I, I'm not really going to be effective, like whatever it is. Like I've been here for X amount of months or X amount of years. Yeah. And it's just, you know, somebody else can do that because I've invited everybody that I know. And so personally for me, I remember a season where um, I was in about year three or four and I would think, oh, someone else will do that. Somebody else will invite someone. Um, there are so many people, and what does it matter even if I, like, I'm just going back down the list of people that I've already invited. Like, I'm being annoying at this point. <laughs> and so I've seen the value in this leading first experience because um, I've seen people come on their first Sunday years ago and now being a life group leader in this That's year. Awesome. Like, I've That's watched awesome. people go from their first Sunday yeah. to then walking through freedom, go yeah. from their first Sunday to being a part of the team and being a thriving member of a team. And the thing is, is that that would have never happened if somebody did not invite them yeah. in. And I have to not think, oh, I'm playing a purpose in that, but also how can I help their purpose Good. and how can I start that purpose in yep. someone else? And so as we walk through that, like God cannot grow in the hearts of man if we don't sow a seed first. That's right. Often we talk about seeds in like, oh, we're sowing seeds. Well, what does that mean? For us, you never get weary in doing good. And That's the thing right. that is doing good is let me go back to that person, just like Chrissy was talking about how they texted her and it wasn't badgering, but it is a, yeah. Hey, I just want you to know I'm still interested in this. Hey, I just want you to know I would still like for you to come. And the Bible talks about how there is a story in the Bible that says like the sower sows seeds and he doesn't know how it grows. It's true. So you don't know what you're doing when you're inviting somebody. You just know that you're sowing the seed. Yeah. And it is God's job and it's God who, um, even as Shelby was talking about, to grow that seed and to see, like, we don't even know what you're doing. And so um, practically, if you've been here for a couple of years now, like, you know the people that do need to be here. Yeah. And who better to invite somebody than someone who's been in the culture long? Yeah. It's true. Like, yeah. you have the experience. You have the story. You have um, the testimony of what this church has produced in you. And that is a call to, okay, hey, let me tell you about my church and let me tell you all of the things that they've done. Let me tell you about all of the things, all of the things that I have walked through. And so for me, um, the point that I want to make today is invitation fuels my purpose. Like it yeah. is a way that I can um, operate, not just in what God has called for me, but what has God called for other people? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for all of us, there's a season where we're excited and it's new and it, it's like our purpose is fueled and we're turned on to the Lord and we want to go spread the word of what he's done in our lives. But it, just like anything else, we have to fuel the flame. We have to continue to be excited and continue to see our purpose walked out even if it's been a long time. And the best example I know uh, to just explain that is when I went to the zoo when as a child, I loved to see the bear and the giraffe and the, the lion. And even as an adult, that's cool. But it's nothing compared to showing my children. It's nothing compared to saying, hey, come with me. Let me take you to the zoo. Wow, the giraffe. Wow, the bear. Wow, the lion. And like when we need excitement and we need our purpose fueled, we got to bring somebody alongside and say, here's the chair. Wow, look how good. God is. Isn't he great? He's going to show you more and more about him as you come to the table and learn more and more. And our purpose is fueled and excited because we're now extending that. And so we can never, ever get tired of doing that. So Jeff, I want you to wrap us up with uh, question number four. How have you learned to keep depth with those you've known longer without closing yourself off to newer relationships? Yeah. So as I shared, our story here at the house started in search of friends. And we've been really blessed throughout 
our years here to now have a lot of great friends. Uh, but with that, some of you might relate to this, but once you have great friends and you live really busy, kind of full schedules, it can be hard to connect with newer folks just from a time standpoint. Because naturally, we're not going to be as available unless we're intentional. And so the fact is we have to be intentional uh, to grow new relationships. The way we talk about this here at the house is that our friend quota cannot be full. Right. Because everybody, just like when our story started, people will come here in search of a friend. So how can we bring in those while still remaining deep? And, you know, even in our own story, uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but so when Adam and Courtney were sent to Belize, obviously we were excited for their mission, but as friends, it was hard to see them go because we were losing the proximity to the depth and friendships that we had. Uh, That actually has happened another time with another couple that we were really close to when they moved away. And so with that, we kind of had to, uh, we were forced to learn this concept because some of the natural friendships we had uh, were disrupted. We had to figure out how do we now when there's not as much naturally happen, invest in friendships that are still important, that both are making space that God wants us to in order to learn something from someone new, but also so that we can impart something that he is teaching us. So good. And practically what this looks like for us is, you know, so we have two little boys now. We like to go to the park. We should not just go to the park by ourselves. We should find chances to invite another family in the church, maybe with littles, to come to the park with us. So while we're... Uh, you know, chasing our kids around a park, we can be connecting. Uh, Maybe it's inviting them over to our house, and in spite of all the toys and the chaos, having those chances to connect, really just inviting people into the things you're already doing uh, if you have a busy busy life like uh, like Hannah and I have found ourselves living. And so with that, you know, I think it's really how can we be intentional to not just let friendships naturally happen, but seek out those friendships and create that depth Uh, And so that's kind of my takeaway is that invitation helps me grow. So good. So good. Can y'all give this panel a hand? They did a phenomenal job. And you know what? As he just said that, I just think that it's so important for us us to understand uh, that people on this earth have heard us. And a lot of times the reason why we don't engage or continue to invite is because we hold people at arm's distance because we don't know, want to risk the pain that that person may inflict on our lives. Now that person may not be the person that hurts us, but they may trigger something that has already hurt us in the past. And so we're the ones that are at the table, y'all. We have access to the father's love and healing. And so whatever hurt you're fearing, or if I engage in that relationship, what would they think? Or if if I invite, you know, what if they say no? Or what if they, what if you're like sitting here thinking like, actually, I like this church. And if I invite people, it gets bigger. And I actually like the size it is. You know what I'm saying? That's a real thought. And so the thing is, is the fact that we're fearing the wrong things. Because invitation aligns us with God's perspective. Invitation is a spiritual discipline that will cause us to become stronger. And invitation produces spiritual health. It fuels our purpose. It helps us grow. Because the good, bad, and ugly in you helps me grow. And the good, bad, and ugly in me helps you grow. And so being in relationship with each other is a good thing. Extending and getting out of our comfort zone and saying, this table, it's easy to get comfortable, but that's not what I'm called to do. 
the Father is teaching me and directing me. And so with that teaching and that direction to apply it means I'm gonna say, come sit at this chair. It has your name on it. Don't waste any more time. Don't waste any more effort. Don't waste any more pursuit. Come sit at this table with me and become satisfied and full with who he is. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.